Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Akira Minute, the only English-language podcast that takes a look at every minute of the landmark 1988 anime extravaganza Akira. One, yeah, Neo- like I said, one minute. <laughs> Neo Tokyo. <laughs> it's about to explode, is what I hear. Neo Tokyo TVs are about to explode. <laughs> That's right. I'm uh, one of your hosts, Richard Dunham from DunhamRC.com. I am Jack Stovold from ReopeningTheWormhole.com. And joining us again? Uh, that which is called science perverts providence. That which is called progress encourages extravagance. That which is called civilization devastates the spirit of man. That which guests on Akira Minute 45 is called Sam Stovold. <laughs> Top that intro, future guests. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's what I call a great awakening. <laughs> Taikaku. From reopeningthewormhole.com. <laughs> hey, I know that place. Uh, yeah, and I'm Barm. From, uh, uh, I don't know. Myspace.com slash Tyler Newfeld. <laughs> uh, there you go. Pretty sure that one's still up there somewhere. Uh, you've been on reopenthewormhole.com plenty of times as well. Yeah. Uh, probably some libsyn.com. Oh, definitely. As well. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Thanks for coming back, guys. Uh, this Friday, we're talking about minute 45 of Akira, which starts with Ryu telling his elderly walking companion that the boy knows the subject and he can be used as a decoy. If necessary. If necessary. And it ends with police moving in to break up a demonstration by some kind of Akira cult. Mm. It's wild. Weird, wild now, stuff. Now here's somebody who knows how to paint the town red. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. jumped the gun yesterday. <laughs> did. Didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you guys for having me on for the introduction of another important character. Yes, so important the, in the film. Of the Akira mythos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're talking about the couple on the bench, right? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. yes. Or uh, well, I guess the, 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 <laughs> Yeah. This isn't the... It's not the same target guy from yesterday, is it? I don't think so. I don't think no. so. He oh, was, well, I guess they would have had to get moving pretty quick if it was. Yeah, they would have had to circle <laughs> yeah, they, back around. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> they went... Yeah. <laughs> Got rid of that target jacket pretty quickly i i know that pain though because in uh, uh i know the pain of being in tokyo with uh with a girlfriend and having nowhere to go to be in private <laughs> yeah. yeah you guys didn't get like a capsule hotel together or anything uh, like that? uh different type of hotel right? yeah it's, <laughs> i mean that's that's you guys just uh, had to sit in your overripe fruit and <laughs> I mean that's a major Pains step if you could if you could talk her into getting into a love hotel with you I mean you've yeah. you're golden yeah you're golden <laughs> but uh you know if you're I if don't know like not, the right people it just takes a couple bucks to get into a, a love hotel right I mean that's that's certainly the vibe I've gotten from walking around down in Akihabara <laughs> you're approached by plenty of people that want to go to love hotels with you <laughs> or a maid cafe that's mostly. I'm, I'm just thinking of people dressed up as maids. Yeah. So maid cafes separate from love hotels. Tell me. Tell me how it all works. Well, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, a whole okay. Thing. No, love hotels are actually. They're. I think you're implying something else. They're not that. It's just just a cheap place to get it on. Yeah. For right. a few hours. Yeah. Okay, but you, there's not people that approach you on the street and invite you to go to a love hotel with them or something. Well, it's never happened to me, unfortunately. But. <laughs> I mean, the last time I was in Japan, I think no, it wasn't the last time. But one of the one of the last times I was in, I was there on business, and I was in, I was going to Robot re- Restaurant in Kabukicho, which is like the red light district. It's robot this restaurant. restaurant happens to be in the in the red light district, and so I was walking there. I was approached by 
I a think robot. A, a pimp. <laughs> yeah. Who's uh, basically just... A robot pimp. A robot pimp. <laughs> it's basically just walked up at robot the pimp. And, asked, and asked, sex? <laughs> yeah. Universal so, language. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. Love Hotel people don't approach you, yeah. but uh, a different sort of people different do sort approach of people. you and parts of town yeah for sure so i mean mm. yeah it's it's somewhere to go with your girlfriend and yeah if you've already reached that point yes you're going to go to yes. a love hotel yes. but if you're if you're this trying to, to negotiate when one you, of like when the, you don't have a girlfriend yeah yeah if you're if you're trying to negotiate one of the you know first or second base right it'd be very forward to suggest hey let's go to a love hotel just so we can you know yeah. hold hands or make out <laughs> You gotta you gotta massage that overripe fruit a little bit <laughs> before you can yadosu in a love hotel. <laughs> well, it looks easier to massage that fruit in Neo Tokyo. All you need is a public bench yep. out by on a, on top of a parking garage next to a romantic Japanese park in a Planet of the Apes amphitheater. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and a bunch of weird cultists. What do you think the uh, graffiti? The graffiti is saying, "Don't do something." Yeah. On the bench, but we don't know what drugs. The... <laughs> <laughs> Winners don't do drugs. Is what it says. I keep a uh, dare. Dare is back. Don't not wear a condom. <laughs> <laughs> what is a uh, what does it say in the trash thing? Like I can see where it's Neo Tokyo eighth. Like B, is that or, eighth or almost like B seven W seventh? Seventh, yeah. Um, but then, like, what does it say above that? It says, Machiyo Kireni, which means keep the city clean. Yeah. Oh. But it's so dirty. Look at it. <laughs> I know. It's, they're not They're not doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, this is one thing that uh, Akira didn't predict, was that there would never be, like, fucking trash cans in public anymore after the mid-90s. Word. Because of the sarin gas yeah. attack. Yeah. So you just have to hold your garbage forever wherever you go. Oh. Until you can find a combini, maybe. Yeah. That so that's there's a reason for that? Yeah. It's because the the Aum Shinmikyo thing that happened in ninety five, they like put the sarin gas canisters in a trash can at a station, which ironically is the only place where there still are trash cans now in stations. <laughs> what have we learned? <laughs> Nothing. All the wrong things. <laughs> All the wrong, wrong things. things. <laughs> uh, how long do you think uh, Nezu's been like practicing this <laughs> speech and this metaphor? <laughs> well, at least a week or two. Yeah, it's <laughs> good writing. It's not improv. He's he does have the soul of a poet. Yeah, <laughs> you should check out his podcast. <laughs> Rat talk. <laughs> he's neo tokyo rose <laughs> that's, that's the, it struck me that uh between this and uh the colonel's flashback speech in the elevator yeah. they keep mm -hmm. talking about i mean the whole movie centers talks about neo tokyo they're talking about the city but there's a lot more at stake than the city right when the colonel yeah. stages a coup He's not just taking over the city, right? Yeah. Well, is it, is it like Neo-Tokyo kind of like a city-state at this point? I mean, does it ever actually go into what the government of Japan is like? Yeah, maybe this is the only place. That... I Maybe in the comic. I often wonder about that, you know? Like, what's Neo-Fukuoka like? Yeah. You know, what's... Well, would it, it would still just be Fukuoka. It's only Neo-Tokyo because Tokyo exploded, right? That's true, yeah. but like, just it, go on. Oh, yeah, no, I, I just—it's just fun to imagine that the rest of the world is just completely normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at, at the beginning of the comic, they mentioned they list like a bunch of other yeah, cities in like the world. Twenty cities that were blew up or whatever. Yeah, but that uh, doesn't because World War Three did happen. Yeah, yeah. So it is funny when you say that. Like they only talk about Neo Tokyo, but this. Started World War Three. It's like <laughs> has an effect on the entire fucking planet if something like this happens again. 
which it will spoilers <laughs> i just i just think it's weird it's it's i guess it happens a lot like you know uh, batman i guess it's all about gotham city and everything is about the city right sure superman's all metropolis yeah marvel Flash, it's everything is just new york city yeah <laughs> central, central city right <laughs> are you like Thanks. saying you wish this was like a little more like indiana jones and it was like a globe trotting adventure and <laughs> see like the, the arrows coming out of neo tokyo no i'm just saying like this the stakes are kind of just not proportional to the geography that they're that they're talking about. The stake, yeah. Do we know how big Neo Tokyo is? Maybe this is like a Mega City One type of situation where it's just <laughs> that's what Japan is. Now. Half it's just, Japan, just, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They just renamed the whole country. Yeah. Neo Tokyo. <laughs> I mean, there's always uh, there have been debates for years about like moving the the government out of Tokyo because there's just too much there's too much in Tokyo too much of of Japanese kind of civilization is too many parts of it are centered in Tokyo yeah. it's too too many love hotels exactly <laughs> it's, it's the capital of love hotels it's the capital of <laughs> well, politics I mean, it's the center of and uh, like media, media and entertainment or, yeah, and yeah. business except, except for comedy it all comes from Osaka but right, uh, right. but uh I do literally hear like Japanese people talking about like I'm just tired of everything being centered on Tokyo. Like on TV, everything is set in Tokyo. It's like there's other places besides fucking Tokyo. Yeah. Well, how but, do you feel, Jack, as a Fukuoka resident? I mean, not I even, feel, I feel not, you're just underrepresented by. I, I feel the same way. I mean, like, I, do you feel like weird that you never see any gaijin on Japanese television shows? Do you think that you're just you're you're not you're not seeing any faces that look like yours and represent your experience in Japan? Oh, there's there's gaijin on TV and they're all annoying and I hate them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm more partial in general to West Japan culturally, but uh, yeah, I but they I I have heard that like. They talked about moving it back to Osaka, maybe the capital. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not like a formal arrangement either. It's like there's never any law that specifically designated Tokyo as the capital. It's just like we're de facto oh, capital, basically. Is. Yeah. Well, that's what. Yeah, I mean, that's. So you think like the the the, the diet could meet somewhere else? Why not? <laughs> as long as there's a quorum, right? They could meet yes. on this. They could meet on like a bridge around a yeah, bonfire, exactly. for example. Yeah, yeah, it's not like they're doing anything, anyways. Maybe just like paint some stuff on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Neo Tokyo, I love. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Give me that overripe fruit. <laughs> mm, mm, tasty. <laughs> yeah, and I never noticed it until this time that it was, you know, it says overripe fruit. Right as he's grabbing the the breast, to never. Oh yeah, that's a that's a nice touch. Never occurred to me. You know, plenty of euphemisms, fruit and breasts, melons, such <laughs> pomegranates, uh, kumquats. <laughs> <laughs> the most erotically named of all fruits. Yeah, passion fruit. I yeah, guess that's another go. one. <laughs> Uh, after he mentions the fruit, you get this shot of them walking. It's like the yeah. side on, like uh... looks like uh, the prequels. Yeah, <laughs> the scene from uh, Re- Revenge of Don't the Sith. This yeah. to the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's a way cooler shot. If it was the prequels, it's always just straight on, just them walking forward, just surrounded yes. by like CGI oh. goodness. Over the shoulder shot. Is that reverse is that shot over the shoulder? Yeah. Bagano in the background there. You can't there. see it, but Nezu is on a floating chair. <laughs> this two, this shot though, like where it is from the side, and it's like kind of looking over the not the bridge, but you know, not the the non park side yeah. of it. And uh, it's like what I was alluding to earlier this week, where it's like you did not need to put in this ex- effort, but as they're walking past that building, it's like. Yes, the angle of it is uh, changing slightly. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, the shifting fields yeah. of perspectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah you get more yeah, than just yeah. parallax. Yeah, you get the you get to see this gradually you see the, the side 3D, of the building, like pseudo three D. 
Yeah. Yeah, like I this at first I thought like is this CG? Cuz it's but it's not. I think it's like all animated and that's it's, Yeah, it looks like incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it looks to me like uh like this would be in like a Sonic background. Yeah, I was going to say what, like chemical oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What what was the uh, the early like uh the 3D mimicking video game technology? It was like ray ray scoping or ray tracing? Ray tracing or something like that. Well, there's Mode 7, but it's different from this. Yeah, yeah it's... Oh, mo- oh, Mode 7 is like rotating a sprite. That's, yeah, that's yeah. just... And then different... there was the FX chip, which was also not quite this. Right. And then there was blast processing, which actually isn't even really a thing. Right. <laughs> just a marketing term. Right. <laughs> somewhere between the Super Mario Kart and Sonic. Sonic. 3D. Yeah. It's totally, yeah really does look like a Sonic 1 or 2 background. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it, uh, yeah, it's total spring yard, chemical yeah. plant. Yep. Uh, yeah, like these buildings with the, uh, some of the lights turned off. But yeah, it's total bottom of spring yard zone. Yeah, give me like some uh, like giant like neon Eggman signs and stuff <laughs> in the background. Miles. <laughs> Miles per hour. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a cool, cool, just cool looking, like I said, they did not need to do this. It already, if it had just been like the straight on painted images of the buildings moving past, like that would have been enough for it to look really yeah. good. But it's like they're going the extra mile and like animating, like hand drawing, animating like the side yeah. of the building. Yeah. Moving the angles. Perspective. Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's, that's never thought about that's it. That's like a, Jesus. <laughs> like that animating, like hand animating that, that's like a fucking bitch to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like just imagine sitting there drawing like a thousand balconies from a slightly different perspective, <laughs> yeah. like a hundred times. It's going to be like the most mind-numbing thing. All it's, worth it. Yeah, it's totally fucking worth it. great. <laughs> like this, this would just be CG oh, in yeah. any anime, like in the nineties. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they did it at all, it might not even look bad. But I mean, it looks awesome. Unless, yeah, yeah, and it could look bad. I yeah, a lot of times when they. Put CG in. Yeah, it, it just sticks out. It's in, like, like, oh, the animation CG. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they got to do like some cool cell shading stuff to really let it yeah. slip by me and look cool. Otherwise, it's like, oh, that looks not doesn't look like the same right. as the rest of the movie. You know, look at, yeah. looking at you, Aladdin, and then goddamn tower <laughs> carpet looks cool though. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, as a kid, I was all about that <laughs> lava escape scene. Yeah, mm. that is. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of jarring, but. Man, it does look kind of cool. Right. <laughs> so, do you recognize the program that's on the Sani TV? Is it something that can be recognized? Isn't I, there like I, a I famous to figure it out. Uh, show about like some some agent of the Shogun who's like traveling around the country in disguise, and then at the climax of the show, he he shows his badge, like this guy's doing on the screen. I, I think this is supposed to be evoking that. I know what you're talking yeah. about, Richard. And I, so I like don't it, know the name of it, but I've... I don't either. I've heard it described to me. I don't think I've ever seen it. And uh, Sam... It's like a Japanese version of Kung Fu, ironically. <laughs> kind, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I think... Yeah. And Sam, I believe this is the thing where we were in Shikoku and like that old feudal village place. And like mm-hmm. you could put your head in one of those things to take a picture. <laughs> I think I'll that's go through the old album. I think that's right. what this is, like that show. And uh, the brand name is uh, Sani. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we have some of our listeners screaming the name of that show at their <laughs> at their headphones right now. Proverbial headphones. Yeah. at gmail dot com. All right, that's it. That's right. Phone lines are open. Jack Jack's Akira. <laughs> Just uh, leave a comment at myspace.com slash Tyler Newfeld. They'll uh, forward it on. <laughs> Say hi to Tom. You'll make it into your top eight. <laughs> yeah, this is the uh, the second Sani branded TV that we've seen in the movie. Oh, really? Yep. Hey, I'm I'm back. I was there for uh, <laughs> was some there earlier Sani stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like like dog, dog commercials, right? <laughs> Yes, dog, but dog I was said that it was in actually the first week in the in the bar in Harukiya. There was a scene. Oh, uh, wasn't okay. Well, then maybe we yeah. just talked about it then. Well, and then you know we 
like we talked about, we get the introduction of this important character. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Miyako. Uh, yes. A pivotal role, or you could say. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke that will become clear uh, several weeks from now. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the long con. <laughs> I do just remember it being shocking the first time that I watched this movie after having read the right. comics. And I think I didn't realize that this was even a, a character or a thing that I should have cared about at all well i i mean i guess basically what it is is like her being here in the movie is uh it's basically like an easter egg it's like a nod for like this actual very important character yeah it's not supposed to be the same character because like the yeah this character is so huge in the comics yeah that's i still haven't gotten much about her in the comic yet um but but uh i know she's big and this and it, that, she, it was part of like my weird journey with this character because like like visually, I thought it was a woman, but then it seems to clearly be a man's voice yeah. in this. So I'm like, oh, it's just a man. But then in the comic, it is a woman. Yeah, it totally. It always it? has always read <laughs> as a man for me in the movie. Yeah, same. Me too. And the, then the, the in voice the comic, I still clearly yeah. a dude, right? Yeah, that says that. I, I was actually on the Akira Wiki earlier today. And that's like one of the trivia things. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, people who have people who are better than me and have read more of the comic, which <laughs> I will get to. But uh, what do you uh, give us the skinny on old Miyako here? What you know, basically? I don't know how much uh, I remember. It's, yeah, it's been a while. Been a while. Uh, sets herself on fire. I know she's like a force for good that is like working alongside Kaneda. I think has like telekinetic yeah, she's powers. Like, uh, she's one of she's one of the numbers. Is she one of the numbers? Yeah, yeah she is. All right. Well, what are the numbers, she is. She's... Jack? Now that you bring okay, that up. here we go. So, old Miyako is nineteen. No, 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 nineteen. You guys don't remember that song from the late eighties? No, 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 nineteen. Nineteen. Yes, it was like a, kind of a techno-y pop song. It started with some uh, spoken word about uh, the soldiers who went to Vietnam, and their average age was was nineteen. No, 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 nineteen. Nineteen. Hmm. It's a. <laughs> don't, know I don't, know. If, don't know if I know that one. Yeah. It's a very important it? number in the uh, Stephen King multiverse. You will definitely hear a clip uh, once this is edited. <laughs> is this uh, is this part of uh, the Stephen King universe? Is Randall Flagg behind everything? Nah, yeah, you never know. <laughs> anyway, so Miyako is, is 19. Yeah, Neo, Neo Main. <laughs> it's about to implode. <laughs> Miyako is number 19, so I guess she was able to escape the program and become an actual full-grown person. Maybe that's what Takashi was hoping to to meet up with. Or maybe she was... Or yeah, maybe she was already Tetsuo-sized when she got into it. Yeah, or maybe she aged quickly, even. Who knows? And maybe she's only like five. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. It's a Benjamin Button situation, actually. (laughs) Maybe everybody else on that bridge is also child-sized. Miyako is number 19. Number uh, 20 through 24 are unknown. Mm. And that also goes for 1 through 18. (laughs) Okay, so Miyako is actually the earliest (laughs) one. She's the earliest known one. very informative so far. (laughs) But, I mean, that's, like, huge and weird, is that Miyako is literally the earliest number in the numbered subjects and just appears in this as an unrelated character, basically (laughs) just as a visual nod. It's it's just like one of the ways that the comic and movie diverge quite a bit is with this character. Yeah. Uh, number 25 is our girl Kyoko. Kyoko. 26 is my man, Takashi, the big guy, (laughs) the little guy. Uh, 27 is Masaru. So they're, that's why they're so tight, because they all came in and around at the same time. And that's why they miss Akira so much, because he's number 28. He was oh, part of their little group. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, 29 to 31 are also unknown. And like 32 to 40 are a mixture of dead or unknown. Like each one is a mixture? <laughs> no, no. Like some of some of them, it's some of them are unknown, and some of them it says deceased, dead, what, confirmed. No dead. names. Next yes, one dead. No names. Just yeah, just deceased, dead, and then it's just some from like some sort of data readout or something. Or I don't know where this information comes from, but somebody wrote it in your notebook when you were asleep. Akira Pedia. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like from the Akira Insider magazine what? came out in 2001. <laughs> Disney Adventures. This is from Nezu's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the information is from the wiki, but uh, I don't know where the uh, wiki got the information from. And uh, 41 is Tetsuo. So there's that many between Akira and Tetsuo? <laughs> yeah. Like the program really went into decline there because they're all like dead or unknown. Hmm. Tetsuo was the shot in the arm they needed to get back back in the high gear. Back in the game. And the, the council, I'm sure, will be all about it. I can't Definitely. wait to hear their thoughts. <laughs> yeah, the, it's it's a it's a fun moment where we get to see this character. And uh, we get to hear some of that classic Japanese folk music. What uh what's the, the this track? Shomyo? I believe this is Shomyo, yeah. From the from the soundtrack. From the soundtrack, yeah. I, I, I'd say more than folk music, it's like religious yeah. music. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's. If you've ever been to a temple and hear heard like the priest chanting, it is very sounds yeah. very much like this. Or at a yeah. funeral, yeah. Right. It's like weird Sanskrit. Translated into Chinese, translated into Japanese. Yeah, like nobody knows what it means except for the priest saying yeah. it, basically. Just just kind of like sort of monotonous, hypnotic. Mm-hmm. That's been my experience whenever yeah. I'm hearing it. Is... I was at the, what, the memorial service for my mother-in-law. And, um, you know, each each person that... I don't know exactly the, the the mechanics of it, but part of going to one of these things is paying a donation to the temple yes which and being poor i'm always afraid that another funeral is going to happen <laughs> that i have to go to so and then there are these placards or these long wooden signs on which are written the names of everybody that is donated so my wife and i mm-hmm. pitched in some amount of money so my name was on one of these placards like written in katakana so and as part of the chant i guess he would the priest was referencing all of the people that donated so i'm just hearing this chant stuff i don't understand can't you know catch it but then all of a sudden <laughs> hey that's my name Something I've been meaning to ask you. It is Danamu, right? I was curious. Danamu. Your name in Katakana? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so strange. So speaking of wooden placards. Uh, yes. No, second 43. They've got these pamphlets that they're selling for 500 yen. I know. I was. That, yeah, it says pa- pamphlet. One one pamphlet, 500 yen. I'm like, who the fuck is going to buy that? No. <laughs> what the inflation rates are in uh, Neo-Tokyo. Uh, that's true. That's true. Maybe it's... Like, why wouldn't they just maybe... be giving that away, though? I mean, that's... I mean, like, pamphlets are supposed to be free. Right. Nobody pays for a pamphlet. Well, you gotta support the cause. <laughs> it's, it's like if the Jehovah's Witnesses came and asked <laughs> like... you to pay for the watchtower yeah. or something. <laughs> it's like, uh, no, thank you. I'm good. What is the uh, the other placard? It says, the, t- the, the day of awakening is near. Yes, that's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fires cost money. You gotta pay for that shit. <laughs> well, gotta buy all these TVs to burn. Sandy's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ain't cheap. If they were charging a thousand yen, maybe they could afford a, an actual Sony. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so Nezu talks about how like these people are the future, and yeah. I'm assuming he's just playing Ryu. To some yeah. extent. Yeah, he's blowing smoke up his ass, I think. Like, he's 
because he's telling him what he I mean, wants. He's to kind hear, of like just playing, playing everybody against, yesterday, like, yeah, because yeah. he, he's like the head of this terrorist organization, but he's also in the council. Yeah, he's basically Darth Sidious, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that this is like the scene in Phantom Menace where <laughs> I have told him you and Darth of... Maul are walking. Yeah. <laughs> last, yeah. last we will have our revenge. <laughs> but like, so I don't know uh, if you guys want to get into this much about. Nezu at this point, but like, what is his end goal? Is he just trying to make money off of everybody? I think he's just profiteering. Yeah. So he's. I don't. But I, he's like just intentionally stirring up trouble to profit off of it from yeah, both sides. I forget how this gets him profit though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know the classic joke. Step two question mark. Step three profit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Palpatine's plan. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. So. I, you think it's just profit? I, you don't think he's he's angling for more power on the council or something? Or angling for more yep. cheese, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that that might be it. Like using these terrorists as an excuse to grab power. Maybe that's also part of his goal. Yeah, I mean, well, he's going. To, to he's it. making trouble for the colonel, right? So he's discrediting the colonel. Yeah. So whatever faction supports the colonel is going to be weakened. Yeah. Uh, and right. so he would that would give him an opening to, to uh, take more power, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which backfires ironically yeah. because him trying to do that is what uh pushes the colonel over the edge yeah. and inspires him to form a coup, losing this power. Which of course they did. <laughs> it's ironic. Ironic. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you think that um, Ryu is moved by this demonstration? Like, is this something that he cares about? You know, just coming back to this idea of them as terrorists or resistance fighters or something like Avalanche or, like... Revolutionaries. Is this... Does he see in this demonstration, like, kindred spirits, like, yeah, we're fighting the same war? Or does he see this and he's like, this is com- this is unrelated to what I'm doing? He doesn't seem moved. He seems... Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this old guy talking about? <laughs> I think he's like, well, we want to, like, uncover the whole Akira thing, too, but we're we're not, like, fucking whack jobs like these people clearly are. Mm-hmm. Like, they, he, they're just about, like, the truth. Like, oh, people need to know the truth, whereas these people think that the truth is something worth basing, like, a cult or a religion around. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, like they think Akira, they think Akira's like a god or something. Right. Yeah, I would be interested to know what how Nezu thinks he's going to take advantage of this group because he obviously does think that. Is it just the fact that they are like a chaotic element that he can manipulate or use or yeah. get people to rally against? Like, yeah, I wonder if he. It's also because he likes. He says, I mean. We've already established that we think his this speech is to some extent just bullshit that he's spouting at you. But he says like, "Oh, look, this is the future right here. Like the people that, like the what? What is it? Like the wind named Akira right. is the future that <laughs> yeah. will like blow the seed." And then he like points to them and he is like, "Look, these are the people. Like this is where it's all going to happen." But it's like this crazy perfectly. cult talking about like backwards shit. Like oh, like progress is doom. Like uh. Civilization devastates the spirit of man. Yeah, like let's their, get back. their chants let's get, are crazy. Yeah, let's get back to basics, guys. <laughs> Everything and, was better when we were farmers, just struggling to survive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how like somebody like Nezu can argue to Ryu that this is the future. Like, this just, isn't what Ryu is fighting for, is it? Yeah, so Nezu is just like a much less smart and successful Palpatine. Right. It's just, it's just his plan is not very well thought out, but he's just like, I'm going to make everything suck more, and that will allow me to oust the colonel and get more power. Yeah. Somehow. But, but on the, like the, the other side of the coin, Reeves' resistance is pretty nebulous and unclear as well. Yeah. No one knows what the fuck they're doing. Is it just these five guys? <laughs> Why are any of these people doing this? I don't want to break it down like unclear. that because I love the movie, but yeah, the motivations of everyone are pretty unclear. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what happens when you try and adapt like a 
5,000-page comic into a two-hour movie. <laughs> but goddamn, it looks great. Yeah. And say what you will about Nezu's plan, but his timing is impeccable. Like that he Pointing us out. Yeah, as these crazy people are painting Akira on the sidewalk with the biggest brush that I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> well, like, I, I'm talking... I'm is- kind of talking about it negatively, but, like, it, it works so well with the movie like just like the general below like it's this creates it's it's just this weird chaotic vision of the future that you don't really know what the fuck is going on we don't know everything yeah and and you're okay with that just because it's 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 so fucking crazy it's 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 unimaginable that there would be some great you know a large movement of people that believe in crazy conspiracy theories and that some <laughs> unscrupulous politician would try to, you know, take advantage of just for to try to get into power. That's unthinkable that that could happen in real life. You're talking about Palpatine, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody who also doesn't know what the hell he's doing at the same time either. A cura, right? Am I right? Uh, yeah, I was trying to. I was going to say like unthinkable, or I don't know. Let's try. Psychic powers. Uh, QAnon Trump. <laughs> I, I I totally get what you're saying though, Barmore. It's just as like, well, I, I talked about it last time I was on, but just I really I think more than ever like upon some of these most recent watches, like just appreciated like the idea that like. No, you're not supposed to know everything that's going on. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, you get to know basically, like, what the characters know. And which isn't much. None of them basically <laughs> know right. anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. All of them, like, sort of know a piece of it, but nobody knows the whole story. And yeah. that's just what it's like for all of them. Yeah. That's and... kind of like what the world is like. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's interesting and, like, cool. And, I mean, it would be, there would be, like, I guess it would be cool if we'd gotten, like, six Akira movies that just faithfully <laughs> adapted like the entire uh, comic but it's also cool to get this where it's just like oh it's just like you get to glimpse pieces of this world and yeah you try and figure it out right <laughs> you know well, I remember because like, I'd seen this I don't know half a dozen times before I read the the comic and then I read the comic and I was like oh shit you know because it you know expands on everything so much and then I was worried the next time I was going to watch a movie. It was like, oh, this is going to seem just like some kind of truncated, shitty version of it. But no, it's it's the movie is an, it, entirely its own thing. It's just this yeah. audio-visual feast. And like it's, you know, a somewhat different story. And uh, it's just, it does. It just, there, I had, my fears were unwarranted because it was still and continues to be just fucking great. You just watch it. And it works. Yeah, I agree. When we're talking about this plotting, I don't... Con- consider this a knock against the movie it's just it's i'm just trying i'm just having fun trying to figure it yeah, out but yeah. i don't think that like makes the movie worse or anything yeah. it makes it better yeah. almost like and when you think about it that way this is like the perfect movie adaptation of a thing where like otomo is just like okay there's no way no fucking way that my entire story which i haven't even finished yet by the way <laughs> is going to work as a two-hour movie so i'm just gonna take the best parts of it and make a totally self-contained movie that gives you the flavor of that comic but it's it's its own beast yeah it is really cool because you can read the comic and it can be like oh i I feel like i know so much more about all of this now but it doesn't it doesn't make the movie feel like empty or like it's missing anything it's just like oh i know more like and the stuff that matches up with the movie, you can be like, yes, I understand that even more. And the stuff that like contradicts the movie, you can just be like, okay, well that's different. And I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. Like the relationship between the movie and the comic is. Yeah. There's not a lot of property IP or whatever like this that works so well in tangent or with one another, like parallel, like it's, they can, they can each be one complete thing. and, And, you know, Mixing them together doesn't, like, you know, destroy your mind or piss you off or yeah. make you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're, like, they're different, but the same at the same time. And in a way that is not a bad, it's not a bad thing. It's, like, yeah. a cool thing. It's, like, it's totally oh, I, I, 
satisfying I love, on both I fronts. I love what I know now because I read the comic, and I love what's different in the comic, and I love the soundtrack. The comic doesn't have the soundtrack, you know? Uh, there's just so much awesome stuff to and this movie. This movie has colors, too, which the comic doesn't have. <laughs> For most doesn't the comic have a couple pages it of does, colors? It does have a couple color pages, so <laughs> I lied, but... Uh, 95% of it is black and white. So. That's right. Like, the se- the sequence of, like, the building moving that we were talking about, there was stuff like that in the comic, but, I, I, like, I it, wasn't, it, it wasn't in color. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it sucked. <laughs> but, uh, that, yeah, that, uh, that's also where the movie adapts the spirit of the comic. Like, Katsuhiro Otomo is like, well, I spent 20 hours drawing, like, 50 identical windows on a building in exacting <laughs> yes. detail, yeah. so... You animators are going to do the same thing. <laughs> That's that is totally like what I like uh, when I because like the last couple pages of the comic are like just like crazily intricate mm-hmm, yeah. details on like all these buildings and it's like Astounding. I feel like there's a part of them that's just like well you need to make some of the buildings look like that in the like the animated version as well like well I mean yeah. take a look at the building behind this uh, Miyoko character is when we get the close up of. This person chanting. It's this weird kind of curved building, and each window looks like oh yeah, it's uh, kind of a its own little kind of curved, almost lens mm-hmm. thing. It's like it's got some little bits of detail in it, like yeah. the, some shape to it, yeah. and then like something. Behind yeah, there's it. like each yeah. window looks like a little kind of a little bulbous, right? So it's mm-hmm. crazy yeah, again. Crazy like detail. these are all yeah. just. Seconds long shots. It's just <laughs> crazy that they just hand animated all this shit. It's just wild. <laughs> yeah, this movie and like Studio Ghibli movies just really spoil you for as far as animation goes. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, <laughs> you know, I love anime as much as the next guy, but a lot of it is really cheap. <laughs> yeah, like this and Ghibli I mean, movies, to just like well. You just have to accept most of them are not going to look like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I think like Akira did kind of jumpstart this 90s genre of anime, like kind of like Ghost in the Shell or just things like Spriggan, which I remember renting and watching where, where the, like these, like the art style of how the people look like that. They don't have like anime eyes. They have like normal right human features <laughs> kind of like that. This, this was big in the 90s, and they all looked pretty cool. Not, like, nearly as expensive as Akira, but they were kind of aping Akira's style, and that was real big in the 90s for a sec. Even, like, Dragon Ball, like Dragon Ball Z, as it, like, moves into the 90s, adopts some more Akira-like features. I was, I was thinking that when I was looking at, like, the Ryu and the Ryu clone. I was like, these are not, like, super far removed from, like, Dragon Ball Z characters. And, yeah. like, Dragon Ball, which was, you know, older... Older than this movie, anyways. It was, like, bigger in the 80s. Like, they've got, like, bigger, wider eyes than that. And... Yeah. It just... It gets, like... Yeah, they tight, really, like, tighten up the design and, the, you know, as it transitions from, like, a delightful, charming Chinese kung fu comedy into, like, weird sci-fi fighting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, also, you know... Sam, I always, uh... I always think there's, a uh, and Barm. I always find uh, weird parallels between Vegeta and Tetsuo as well. Like both Oh sure. Visually and char- visually and character wise. I have to kinda wonder if Toriyama was in- at least a little bit inspired by Tetsuo, because Dragon Ball is older, but Vegeta, the character, is not older than Akira. No. Um, yeah, just like the skull shape yeah. shape of his face. Like yeah, it's Yeah, like and uh, like <laughs> the the longer the show goes on, the farther the bigger his head gets and the more his hairline recedes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd buy that. And he's, and he's, kind of has like an inferiority complex, and mm-hmm. so Goku is vaguely like Kaneda. <laughs> yeah, I mean he is because he's all carefree and goofy, but somehow and still not not better at everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the second Tetsu gets power, he goes he mad. Just basically, yeah, he goes like insane, and he's yeah. like, yeah, I just kill anybody, everybody. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> and I should, I should be the king. I'm the rightful king. So. Yeah, that, there's there's a lot of parallels between Tetsuo and Vegeta. Although Vegeta is the one who wears the pink polo shirt, like 
Canada. Canada. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Batman. Sam. Sam. I think he even has cockies. Khakis. 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 Get off this, this podcast. <laughs> Uh-oh. Don't get cocky. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get cocky. Keyed. All right. Uh, anything else? Don't get you? too cocky. Here we go. Oh, also they they paint Akira's name on the yes. sidewalk, and that's like the classic logo. Yes. Underneath not uh, the the Great Awakening is yes. what it says above Akira. Is that what the, the kanji yes. is? I'm looking at it right now. Yes. So yeah. it's Great Great Awakening Akira. Yes. Yes. So uh, this this character, which also means remember, the second character, Kaku, is also in the title, Japanese title of The Force Awakens, because it means like awakening. Mm-hmm. Nice. Is there any significance to the fact that they're painting Akira's name in Katakana? That's a good question. <laughs> well, maybe you'll talk about it next week. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've thought about that too. Like, I'm sure that's not his actual birth name, but like... Probably no one actually knows what the kanji is. So yeah. Just because you could you can write Akira the name in like twenty different ways. Hmm. So this is like well, they, we don't know which kanji it is, so we're just gonna do this. Yeah. Is it? I. <laughs> it's like a joke that I always bring it back to Dragon Ball that I always remember from Dragon Ball, where like they're painting like the Ma kanji. Yes. Like all the bad guys, and one of them is just like, oh, I don't know how to write the kanji. He just like writes Ma and Hiragana, something yes. like that. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, it's an awesome <laughs> joke. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a complex kanji. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like we don't actually know how his name was written, so this is what we're, we're going, going with. with. This, yeah. And it's yeah. like more, katakana is always more striking. Yeah. That's why it's using like advertising so much. It's like writing something in italics. Yeah. Or, or, or caps. Yeah, exactly. Impact. Comic Sans. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Hiragana is totally Comic Sans. Yeah. Katakana is uh, Impact. Impact. Bold. Yeah. All right. So we, uh, we talked about, uh, we mentioned Ghibli movies. If you want to hear more about Ghibli movies, you can head on over to GibliMinute.com. Ghibli Minute is a, another podcast that I do with my daughter, similar to this one. We talk about Studio Ghibli movies one minute at a time. That's another place that you can hear me. Sam, where can our listeners hear you? Um, well, you can check out Marvel Star Wars Explorers. Uh, I mentioned it before. I at the time of this recording... Dark Horse Star Wars Explorers? I was about to say, at the time of this recording, we are uh, talking about Dark Empire, which is a Dark Horse comic. But by the time this comes out, we will be talking about um, <laughs> U- UK Marvel comics. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, no. that's right. Yeah, back to Marvel. Yeah, we will be back in Marvel, but we're going to be talking about the Marvel comics that only appeared in the, like the UK Star Wars magazine. But I mean, if you want to hear just us talking about like the Marvel Star Wars comics, we we covered all of them, all one hundred and eight. Are you uh, gonna are you gonna do ever in? honor of marvel uk are you ever going to do like a bonus episode about like excalibur and captain britain like the the british wing of the mutants universe absolutely (laughs) (laughs) get some psylocke in there that's where she came from (laughs) also beyond that you can check out reopening the wormhole uh it's a podcast i did with akira minute co-host jack stovold whoa whoa Uh, and and future guest stay tuned next week <laughs> Kevin Young, yeah, that's right. Kevin um, Young. Uh, that was a podcast that was all about Deep Space Nine. We finished that, and now it's the year of the Ferengi. Yeah, currently we're in the middle of covering every other Ferengi episode of all the other Star Treks. So if that's your bag, and I can't imagine how it wouldn't be, <laughs> check that out. Lots uh, of whips. You know. Get back to the electronic whips. <laughs> oh yeah, we, Hell yeah. yeah. At at the time of this recording, we've already recorded about whips. Those laser whips, <laughs> whips baby. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, if you want to hear me talk about Star Trek or Star Wars, your bases are covered. And uh, if you want to hear me also talking about Planet of the Apes, check out the Apecast. Lipson.com. It's where uh, me and my co-host Jeff Clark talk about all the Planet of the Apes movies and TV shows and a shitload of comics. So we'll be also Dark Horse. Planet of the Apes exploring soon. (laughs) 
We're, yeah, we're in the midst of the Tim Burton universe right now. It's a great place to be. <laughs> Ashlar, Ashlar for life. And yeah, we'll be talking about more comics and then moving on to the, the new movies. And we also do like crazy, wacky bonus episodes about films like Godzilla versus Kong and also Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> and Barm, is there a place besides, you know, old uh, Home Depot intranets? That's Sears. Primarily, yeah, yeah. I was at Sears. I was fired from Sears, uh, so maybe they <laughs> deleted my my profile. Uh, I imagine by the time this comes out, it might be hearing me doing some. Uh, I don't know, five hour long cast about Picard season two. There's something over on the <laughs> Jack Silly for the little, it's a long name, uh, podcast. Doing a great job over there. Uh, yeah, other than that, I'm, uh, I don't know if you want to, if you're in and around the central Oregon coast area, <laughs> you want to, I don't know. You know, on, on your, on your, on your way to your drive. Up to Vancouver to see uh see my my grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> you want a quick fence belt or something of that nature. Some sort of blinds. Get your blinds. Yeah, I can pick or, up your blinds that Barm has ordered from Home Depot. Yeah. Or shutters. Shutters. Yeah. Shutters. Plantation oh, yeah. shutters. shutters. I, yeah. I I misspoke. Sorry. I'm still confused about the difference. Uh but yeah, that uh, pretty clearly describes me as a person. So I'll it's <laughs> Goodbye. And if you uh, want, to, if you're interested in uh, other movies covered in this format, there's probably there's like near 200 of them at uh, moviesbyminutes.com, including Star Wars Minute, the uh, podcast that started this whole thing. So check those out. I've been on a bunch. Yeah, I've been on Flash Gordon Minute. Been on Escape from New York minute. Been on Fantastic Mr. Fox minute. I've been on the Room minute. I was on Galaxy Quest minute. Oh, I'll be on Knives Out minute. Probably around the same time as this. <laughs> nice. Hey, you were in Spider Man Two minute also, right? So. Spider Man Two minute. Yeah. yeah. I was on Marge versus the Water World minute. <laughs> <laughs> and you will be on Itchy and Scratchy Land minute as well. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Sam and Barm, for finishing out the week with us. And we'll, uh, listeners, look forward to, to you catching us next week here on... Richard Dunham. <laughs> Dicky D.